Podcasting, the value from it comes. It's much more long-term than short-term. It's going to be a line out of expense before you start seeing value in most cases. So if you have no bandwidth whatsoever to find guests, to have conversations, and then to promote episodes, if you know that that's not something you can keep onto your plate, it's not the right time. Maybe it will be in the future, but right now you do need to make sure that you have at least a couple of hours a week available to devote to the project to make sure that you're giving it the real legs that it needs. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a top global podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world and beyond. Today, I am just delighted to have a guest on my show all the way from Quebec, Canada. This wonderful person is involved in what 464.7 million people are doing globally. Megan Doherty is the co-founder of One Stone Creative, a multimedia content agency that specializes in podcasts and online courses. She's been working in digital marketing and online business development for over a decade and has had the privilege of working with hundreds of business owners in a wide variety of industries. And I have to say, Megan Doherty produces my podcast. And my podcast, I believe, has been so successful because of the quality production that One Stone Creative gives me every single podcast I produce. So after that incredibly long introduction, <laughs> and without further ado, help me welcome Megan Doherty. Megan, say hello to everybody. Oh, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat. And while I wish I could take all of the credit for Career Can Do, you have such great conversations with such excellent guests that I really think it's a partnership that creates something wonderful. Well, thank you. All the great training and all the great info and all the great coaching, I'm sure, that you've given me has certainly contributed to that success. As you know, Megan, I kind of happened upon this endeavor as kind of an accident. <laughs> it was during the pandemic. I went to a conference. I sat next to somebody and he told me about you and the rest is history. But tell us a little bit about your experience and why do you think a company should consider doing a podcast? It's a great question. And as you stated, there are so many podcasts now, so many different kinds of businesses are getting into them. Sweet. For myself, my background was in digital marketing and marketing education. So when I was getting into my career, I was learning how businesses were creating online, promoting themselves online. And a few years later, kind of getting into podcasting seemed like a natural extension of that. A woman I've worked with and known for many years who had a background in broadcast audio. That's Audra Casino, the other co-founder of this company. And she called me up one day and said, do you want to start a business together? And I said, yes. And then we started kind of putting our skills together and producing podcasts for companies, which was particularly interesting because of the unique role that a podcast can play for a business rather than, say, a podcast that is just because you love Dale Pickles or <laughs> for any other kind of passion-related reason. I think you're right. And I think, too, post-COVID, people are seeking information. People are seeking new mindsets. People are seeking things they didn't maybe seek before. 
connection. I think the podcast, I know mine anyway, the guests that I have on mine, answer a lot of questions that people have. My regard, obviously, is the career arena. But I do think that it's something that is even more popular now, don't you? Absolutely. Podcasts have kind of increased in popularity year over year. More and more companies are starting them. But kind of an interesting fact about that is there's almost as many people leaving podcasting as starting podcasting every year. So a lot of people get into it and they can either find that it works really well for their business or their company, or they may find for whatever reason, it isn't being successful. And that's one of the things that we try to address and make sure that the shows we help start are going to be really valuable to the businesses that run them. I think your tips that you give your people that run with you and do the podcast with you are invaluable. Let's talk about some of the successful elements of a podcast. If it's all right, I'll contribute my own thoughts and that a lot of my success, I believe, and my rankings that have gone up very, very unbelievably high are because of the guests that I select for the podcast. And of course, I do a lot of homework before I put them on there. In your opinion, and of course, you're the pro here. I'm just a person that's learning still as we go. What do you think, Megan, makes a podcast successful as opposed to the things that don't? You hit on part of it right there. You established early on in your podcast what was going to be the most meaningful as a business. And that for you, and correct me if I've got this wrong, but is connecting with interesting people who have valuable things to say and can really bring value to your audience. And that is raising the stature of your business, growing your professional network, and bringing new ideas to light in a way that really is valuable to the different areas of your business. And I think that's the main thing that's going to differentiate any podcast that's successful from any that isn't. It's putting in that work at the beginning to determine what does success mean for my podcast or for my business. For some people, it's the relationships they build. For some businesses, it's the content they create. For others, it's the way they're able to engage maybe their employees or a community of customers. So it really comes down to figuring out at the start, what's the most important thing my podcast has to do for the business? And then optimizing all of the areas of the podcast to achieve that goal. You're exactly right. And from my own experience, Megan, what I try to do are get people on my show that represent the people that I deal with. For example, I deal <laughs> with employers. I deal with applicants. But I also deal with variables that have to do with ancillary things that have to do with those two categories. Well, I had a neuroscientist on there. She dealt with brain health. Well, you know, if you can stay healthy mentally and physically, you can work longer. The blue zones. So I try to get people on the show that really can contribute meaningful information that the listeners can take and digest and grow from and become better as a result of. So would you say that those kinds of things that someone should do certainly do contribute to that success element? Oh, absolutely. As mercenary as I can sound with goal setting and metrics tracking, consideration of the audience and what's going to be valuable to them, what's going to be helpful to them, you really is always paramount. And I love that you do all of this homework and research on your guests because not only does it make them feel great and look good, but it really does help you extract and communicate the most important and the most interesting elements to your own audience. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I do pre-screen everybody before I put them on the show. And I remember pre-screening one person and he said something about, you know, I tell my people not to be sincere. I said, excuse me? You tell them not to be sincere? What value would that have? To me, that's not being authentic. To me, that doesn't have integrity. 
After yeah. I did that pre-screen, I thought, this is not the person I want on my show. <laughs> I think you have to be careful. And I think getting to the other side of the coin here, tell us in your opinion, from your expertise, what is that you feel the reason people don't keep going on a podcast is because they become unsuccessful. Tell us what you think some of the top points yeah. of unsuccess could be in a podcast production. Besides, I mean, well, I just mentioned. Well, absolutely. After I give you all praise for doing pre-screening and vetting calls. That is a step that so many people skip, and it results in really awkward conversations that may not reflect the value of the show and a lot of wasted time. So just fantastic strategy. We do the same thing on my show. But for elements that can make a podcast less successful, often it's just starting a podcast without much of a plan. Sometimes that can go really, really well. But what happens when, even if you're enjoying it, if everyone involved is having a great time, if you don't know the impact that the show is making on your business, and you have no way of sort of measuring what that impact is, then you're going to not be able to attribute any new relationships, new revenue, new traffic to it. And if you have, say, business partners or if you have executives, if you have leadership, you're not going to be able to communicate the value of the show to them. And so it's going to get axed at the next budget meeting because there's no direct tie between benefits and value to the business and the expense of running the show. Other things that can really hamper success are poorly organized workflow. If, say, there's all this information about different parts of the podcast in different places and different people are doing different things and they're not talking to each other, it's just going to be really confusing. It's going to take far longer than it has to, and it's going to just end up being more hassle than it's worth. So poor organization is a really big one. And another is focusing too much on downloads. Now, downloads are great. Getting lots of traction and getting lots of attention feels wonderful, and it can be really valuable in a lot of cases. But for a lot of shows, it's not the most important thing. When you compare it to, say, nurturing new leads coming into your sales funnel or training new team members as they're joining, those things can be much more valuable than a lot of downloads. But if you don't have kind of the mindset of where is the value coming from and you just chase the downloads, you're not going to be taking advantage of all of that value. And so the podcast isn't going to do as much as it should. I agree with you. And I also think that being organized and doing the homework like we talked about is important and also Really being careful, as we mentioned earlier, about the guests that you select on there. But the other thing is, I've talked to a few associates that have done podcasts and they stopped right away because they said, well, I did it to make more money, Marianne. And if you go in with it only with the idea of, I just want to make money, I think you're beating yourself at the pass because I think the more you can help somebody else, the more you can make a contribution to the greater good, the more that energy is going to be returned to you. I think in a lot of cases, yes. And I I love that outlook of it. And I love that that's your outlook of it. It works, I think, really well for your show. And I think the thought behind it is very much true. Give and give and give of your knowledge, of your expertise. And that's going to come back. I do think it's also important, at least for a lot of businesses, to be able to track something, especially if they've got, say, shareholders that need to be communicated to or a marketing team that's just like, why are we doing this? So having that kind of number paired with that spirit of generosity, I think, is the ultimate income combination. Yeah, another thing, Megan, that I was so impressed with, you took time to get to know me. Who is Marianne? What does she do? What is her brand? What does she represent? What is she trying to do in this podcast? And you took the time to do that. So when you made the production, you kind of reiterated things that I'm about. And I think that was so important because it gets the listener's attention immediately because they know who they're going to hear and what that person's about as opposed to salesy-wellsy. So you can train somebody to do it in-house, but 
Is it better to outsource a podcast, do you think? I do, but what do you think? I mean, it's sort of one of those things. It's going to depend on the situation that you're in. If you're a company and you've got either yourself, you have a lot of time and an interest in learning kind of a new dynamic technical area of marketing, absolutely, you can do it in-house. There are the tools available now. AI can really help with things. There's lots of really easy recording platforms. There's lots of script generation help. If you've got the time to manage the process and learn the steps, you can run a process in-house. And that's the same if you have like a really willing intern or junior marketer. You can put the podcast on their desk and it can work. But doing that and being able to do that requires you to have the time and the technical skill, the interest and the room on your plate to manage a whole fairly complicated workflow with a lot of moving parts. That's not the reality for a lot of business owners. So if you don't want to learn or manage someone learning all of the different parts involved, or if you just want to be able to talk and have conversations with people and then let someone else handle the rest, then outsourcing is going to be a good way to go. And there are different kinds of outsources. You can get someone who does just audio. You can get full service. You can get any individual element that you happen to not want to have to deal with. It's all on the table. Okay. Well, we've got a very exciting event coming up. Oh, yes, podcast for business conference. And I'm thrilled and honored to be a speaker at this podcast conference. And it's coming up November 13th through the 15th. So tell us a little bit about that and tell us who could join this or who could sign up for it and how they do that. First of all, it, I am so excited that you're going to be speaking this year. And the title of Marianne's conversation for everyone listening is going to be how guest selection makes all the difference. And it's going to be just about what we've been talking about, the importance of choosing the right guests, how to treat those guests, how to do that homework, going to be a really, really good presentation. Overall, the conference is designed to be a focused way for business owners, either solopreneurs, professional services providers, people at larger companies, to learn about podcasting in the context of it's a marketing channel for your business. So a lot of the information out there about podcasting is very, very good, but it's all about podcasting as a standalone business by itself or as a passion project. And that's a different situation than when you're podcasting for a business. So we wanted to bring together experts, and there are lots of experts in this space, to talk about the reality of podcasting when you have KPIs that you need to meet, and when you do have to be able to demonstrate and communicate the value of the work you're putting into a podcast to other members of your team. So it is all designed to be online, accessible, you know, watch it live or watch it later. And it's all going to be happening, as Marian said, November 13th to 15th. Now, Megan, let me ask you a question. On the other side of this coin, is there a time mm -hmm. or there a situation when a person should not start a podcast? Definitely, yes. Even if you have a great team helping you outsource, if you're really, really, really busy and if your budget is really, really, really tight, it's probably not the best time to start a podcast. Podcasting, the value from it comes, it's much more long-term than short-term. It's going to be a line out of expense before you start seeing value in most cases. So if you have no bandwidth whatsoever to find guests, to have conversations, and then to promote episodes, if you know that that's not something you can keep onto your plate, it's not the right time. Maybe it will be in the future, but right now you do need to make sure that you have at least a couple of hours a week available to devote to the project to make sure that you're giving it the real legs that it needs. And some time to be able to fund the project, whether that's internally or without sourcing, because most podcasts, most company podcasts are not directly revenue generating. They're hugely valuable, but they don't often have a direct link to ROI unless they do have those downloads and are getting sponsored monetization. We talked just a bit here about the conference, but what kind of events are going to be at the conference? I mean, you were gracious enough to speak about my title, but what other kind of events and speakers are going to be at this conference that people might want to know about? 
It's a really great lineup. So there's a couple of different categories of events that we've arranged. So there's going to be six different networking opportunities, one in the morning and one in the afternoon of each day. And that's for you to get to know industry professionals, other podcasters, talk about your own show, maybe find guests, all of that good stuff. There's going to be a Slack room, basically a live chat room for people, all attendees to hang out in. There's going to be 15 expert presentations, one of which is yours, Marianne. And it's, there's topics like how to create joint ventures, how to run private podcasts, case studies and examples of other brands who have done podcasts, how to use Facebook ads, if you should have a podcast network, how to collaborate with teams. So really, really focused, high-level conversations to help make podcasting easier. And we also have, this is brand new this year, I'm very excited about it, Ask the Expert sessions. So these are going to be 45-minute long sessions completely devoted to Q&A. So we've got one on generative AI, so artificial intelligence for podcasting, SEO for podcasting, and video podcasts, which are becoming more and more popular every year. So if you've got questions about those, you can get a live answer from like an industry-leading expert. That's great. I mean, what a wealth of information, right? For anybody that's interested at all, it would be certainly worth attending. And this is all online, of course, but you brought up something that's all over the news, all over everything, and that's AI. How is AI going to really affect podcasting? It's changing everything. Month by month, everything is changing. There are now AI tools that can write the first draft of your show notes. There are AI tools that can do the first pass of your audio editing. There are AI tools, this is one that we use at One Stone Creative, that can take sort of not great sounding audio, maybe someone who had to call in on the phone. We can run it through AI and it sounds like they were recording in a studio. So the tech is evolving so fast, it's almost hard to keep up with, but at least we spend a lot of time trying to keep up to date on what's going on and how to use these different tools. But yeah, AI is something, if you don't want to learn it yourself and you are going to outsource with someone to help you with podcasting, find someone who is at least knowledgeable about the different tools available because that's an industry that's changing really fast. And in a couple of years, I would not be surprised if companies like mine were not even needed anymore. Well, I think that, you know, it's going to affect a lot of different industries in many ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, the hope is it'll just streamline the processes and not get rid of them altogether. But anyway, we're getting near the end here. And I always like to leave our guests with two salient points that they can take with them. Megan, if I asked you about two salient points of podcasting, what would those be? The first one I'd have is that the value that a podcast brings to a business is going to be unique to that business. Your podcast is going to look different than someone else's podcast, and you're going to be prioritizing different things. And the most important thing that you do as a company podcaster is figure out what that value is and work towards it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. The second one would be that anyone can podcast. You don't have to have a lot of technical skills. You don't even have to like the sound of your own voice. Nobody really likes the sound of their own voice. You just need a plan and you need to kind of be willing to put yourself out there because everyone's show gets so much better over time and the value of a podcast, it just compounds. So get out there and do it. Yeah. And then too, you know, one thing I like to tell people when I meet them is that they can download my podcast for free. It's not something that you have to pay for. I think there's what, nine, maybe more, 10 podcast channels and people can download for free. Oh, so yeah. it's a way of receiving information. It's almost like a mini course in going to advanced school because you're getting information that really helps you. I mean, I got a beautiful text today from somebody that said they heard something in my podcast that helped them when they went on their interview and they ended up getting the I job. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. my day. So you don't know what kind of little tip you're going to get. It's going to enhance your personal and professional endeavors. 
Megan, if people want to get with you after this podcast and talk with you more, where do they go? What is your website or how do they get a hold of you? We can be found at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net. And if you fill in any contact form on that website, it'll come to my inbox. And if you'd like to know about the conference, maybe get a ticket, check out some of the events that are going on around it. It's at pfbcon.com. Well, all of this information will be on my website. I have to say, I'm a northern gal. I'm from the Detroit area, and I've been to Quebec many times. It's a beautiful place, and I really appreciate, Megan, you taking the time to be on Career Can Do today because I know you're always so busy, but I have to vouch for Megan and One Stone Creative. She has been wonderful to me. She's held my hand in the very beginning. At times, she still holds my hand, but the production is always first class. I'm proud to hear it, and she really goes the extra mile to help her people that work with her really produce a quality podcast that'll get them results. Quite frankly, my business has grown significantly because of having this podcast. And more than that, too, it's because people call me back and say, oh, gosh, Marianne, I heard this, I heard that, I did what you said, I didn't do what you said not to do. And you know, it made a difference. And that's really fulfilling. So, Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. I interviewed a lot of podcast companies, quite frankly, before I decided to go with One Stone <laughs> Creative, and they're the best. They're absolutely amazing, and you will really benefit, I believe, professionally, personally, all the way around working with One Stone Creative. So thank you so much, Megan. From all of us here at Career Can Do, we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varianne Fairmouth and Fairmouth & Company. Thank you.